chapter nine of campaigning with grant by horace porter this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine grant crosses the north anna sheridan returns from his raid meeting between grant and burnside destroying a railroad the enemy reinforced a female oddity grant recrosses the north anna hancock's corps had been fighting and marching almost continuously for over a week both day and night and the halt on may twenty second was made to give a much-needed rest it was a curious study to watch the effect which the constant exposure to fire had produced upon the nervous system of the troops their nerves had become so sensitive that the men would start at the slightest sound and dodge at the flight of a bird or the sight of a pebble tossed past them one of their amusements in camp at that time was to throw stones and chips past one another's heads and raise a laugh at the active dodging and bending the body low or jackknifing as the men called it this did not indicate any loss of courage it was merely an effect produced by a temporary physical condition which the men could not control and gave ample evidence of the nervous strain to which they had so long been subjected dodging the head under fire is often as purely involuntary as winking i have known in my experience only two men who could remain absolutely immovable under a heavy fire without even the twitching of a muscle one was a bugler in the cavalry and the other was general grant in the evening of the twenty second the general-in-chief issued written orders directing the movement of the troops for the next day the march was to begin at five o'clock in the morning and the several corps were to send out cavalry and infantry in advance on all the roads to ascertain the position of the enemy the purpose was to cross the north anna river west of the fredericksburg railroad and to strike lee wherever he could be found to understand the topography of the country it is necessary to explain that the north anna and the south anna run in an easterly direction at a distance from each other of eight or ten miles in the vicinity of the region in which grant's operations took place and unite and form the pamunkey river about five miles east of the line of the fredericksburg railroad this road crossed the north anna about two miles north of hanover junction the intersection of the fredericksburg and the virginia central railroads the telegraph road crossed the river by a wooden bridge half a mile west of the railroad bridge farther up the river there were three fords about a mile and a half apart hancock marched to the telegraph road bridge burnside to oxford and warren to jericho ford wright followed warren burnside's corps used plantation roads which ran between the main roads which had been taken by the corps of hancock and warren hancock approached the river at the telegraph road bridge about noon he found the enemy holding an earthwork on the north side and saw a force posted on the opposite bank seeing the importance of gaining possession of the defensive work he determined to take it by assault and did so handsomely some of the enemy being captured and the rest driven over the bridge followed closely by our men the retreating force was thrown into great confusion and in the rush a number were crowded off the bridge and drowned burnside on reaching oxford found it held by the enemy strongly entrenched on the south bank of the river and no attack was made warren reached jericho ford soon after noon seized it laid a pontoon bridge and by four thirty p m had moved his whole corps to the south bank 
at six o'clock hill's corps attacked warren's line before his troops were all in position and forced it back some distance but the enemy was soon repulsed wright's corps was moved up to support warren but it was not deemed necessary to send it across the river until the next morning general grant rode during this day may twenty third with hancock's corps while halting in the afternoon at a house not far from the river he was told by the people living there that lee had rested for a few hours at the same house the day before and that his entire army had crossed the river on the morning of the twenty fourth hancock crossed to the south side crittenden's division crossed the river and joined warren's corps they advanced against the enemy with a view of dislodging him from his position at oxford but his lines were found so strong that after a brief encounter our forces withdrew they had not been able to take with them any artillery that night our whole army except one division of burnside's corps was on the south side of the river and close up to the enemy's lines general headquarters were established near chesterfield station on may twenty fourth that day sheridan returned from his memorable cavalry raid and was warmly greeted by general grant at headquarters and heartily congratulated about his signal success he related some of the principal incidents in the raid very graphically but with becoming modesty in describing a particularly hot fight he would become highly animated in manner and dramatic in gesture then he would turn to some ludicrous incident laugh heartily and seem to enjoy greatly the recollection of it it will be remembered that he started out suddenly on may eighth passed round the right of lee's army keeping out of reach of his infantry crossed the north anna on the ninth destroyed ten miles of the virginia central railroad together with cars locomotives and a large amount of army supplies recaptured three hundred and seventy five of our prisoners on their way from spotsylvania to richmond crossed the south anna struck the fredericksburg road at ashland and destroyed the depot many miles of road a train of cars and a large supply of army stores finding that the enemy's cavalry were concentrating he united his divisions which had been operating at different points in the work of destruction and fought a pitched battle at yellow tavern about seven miles north of richmond capturing two pieces of artillery mortally wounding the commander j e b stuart and killing brigadier-general james b gordon he then entered the advanced lines of entrenchments north of richmond crossed the chickahominy and reached haxall's landing on the james where he replenished his supplies from stores sent to him by butler after remaining there from the fourteenth to the seventeenth of may he started on his return to the army of the potomac he had lost only four hundred and twenty-five men in killed wounded and missing one important effect of sheridan's operations was that he compelled all of the enemy's cavalry to be moved against him which left our large train of four hundred wagons free from their attacks general grant at times had a peculiar manner of teasing officers with whom he was on terms of intimacy and in this interview he began to joke with his cavalry leader by saying to those who were gathered about him now sheridan evidently thinks he has been clear down to the james river and has been breaking up railroads and even getting a peep at richmond but probably this is all imagination or else he has been reading something of the kind in the newspapers i don't suppose he seriously thinks that he made such a march as that in two weeks sheridan joined in the fun and replied 
well after what general grant says i do begin to feel doubtful as to whether i have been absent at all from the army of the potomac sheridan had become well bronzed by his exposure to the sun and looked the picture of health it was seen at once that the general-in-chief did not intend to give him or his command any rest he told him of the movements he had in contemplation and sheridan saw that all his troops would be wanted immediately at the front that evening the twenty fourth general grant issued an order which he had been considering for some time assigning burnside's corps to the army of the potomac and putting him under the command of meade it was found that such a consolidation would be much better for purposes of administration and give more unity to the movements it had been heretofore necessary to inform meade of the instructions given to burnside and to let burnside know of the movements that were to be undertaken by meade in order that the commanders might understand fully what was intended to be accomplished and be in a position to cooperate intelligently this involved much correspondence and consumed time the new order was intended to avoid this and simplify the methods which had been employed while general grant was riding past the headquarters of burnside the next morning burnside came out of his tent and in company with several of his officers came up to general grant who had now halted by the roadside shook hands with him and said i have received the instructions assigning my command to the army of the potomac that order is excellent it is a military necessity and i am glad it has been issued this conduct of burnside gave the greatest satisfaction to the general-in-chief and he commented very favorably upon it afterward it must be recollected in this connection that burnside was senior in rank to meade and had commanded the army of the potomac when meade was a division commander under him and the manner in which burnside acquiesced in his new assignment and the spirit he manifested in his readiness to set aside all personal aims and ambitions for the public good were among the many instances of his patriotism and his absolute loyalty to the cause he served the general headquarters were moved farther west on may twenty five and established on the north side of the north anna near quarles's ford at a place known as quarles's mills that day it became evident that lee was going to make a permanent stand between the north and the south anna his position was found to be exceedingly strong and was somewhat similar to the one taken up at spotsylvania the lines were shaped something like the letter u with the base resting on the river at ox ford it had one face turned toward hancock and the other toward warren the lines were made exceedingly formidable by means of strong earthworks with heavy obstructions planted in front and were flanked on the right by an impenetrable swamp and on the left by little river general grant said in discussing the situation at this time it now looks as if lee's position were such that it would not be prudent to fight a battle in the narrow space between these two rivers and i shall withdraw our army from its present position and make another flank march to the left but i want while we are here to destroy a portion of the virginia central railroad as that is the road by which lee is receiving a large part of his supplies and reinforcements he ended the conversation by directing me to cross the river and superintend this operation i went with a portion of russell's division of wright's corps which began the work of destruction at a point on the railroad about eight hundred yards from the enemy's extreme left 
a brigade was extended along one side of the road in single rank and at a given signal the men took hold of the rails lifted up the road and turned it upside down then breaking the rails loose they used them as levers in prying off the cross ties which they piled up at different points laid the rails across them and set fire to the ties as soon as the rails became sufficiently hot they bent in the middle by their own weight efforts were then made to twist them so as to render them still more unserviceable several miles of railway were thus destroyed the reinforcements which general grant had predicted would be sent to lee's army had reached him between twelve thousand and fifteen thousand men arrived from the twenty second to the twenty fifth of may breckinridge had come from the valley of virginia with nearly all of his forces pickett brought a division from the vicinity of richmond and hoke's brigade of early's division had also been sent to lee from the confederate capital on the twenty second as soon as grant had learned the extent of the disaster to butler's army on the james he said that butler was not detaining ten thousand men in richmond and not even keeping the road south of that city broken and he considered it advisable to have the greater part of butler's troops join in the campaign of the army of the potomac on may twenty five he telegraphed orders to halleck saying send butler's forces to white house to land on the north side and march up to join this army the james river should be held to city point but leave nothing more than is absolutely necessary to hold it acting purely on the defensive the enemy will not undertake any offensive operations there but will concentrate everything here at the same time he said if hunter can possibly get to charlottesville and lynchburg he should do so living on the country the railroads and canals should be destroyed beyond the possibility of repair for weeks these instructions were given in consequence of the withdrawal of breckinridge's command which left the valley of virginia undefended when i recrossed the river and returned to headquarters in the evening i found general grant sitting in front of his tent smoking a cigar and anxious to hear the report as to the extent of the damage to the railroad about the time i finished relating to him what had been accomplished an old woman who occupied a small house near by strolled over to headquarters apparently bent upon having a friendly chat with the commander of the yankee armies the number of questions she asked showed that she was not lacking in the quality of curiosity which is supposed to be common to her sex she wore an old-fashioned calico dress about six inches too short with the sleeves rolled up to the elbows she had a nose so sharp that it looked as if it had been caught in the crack of a door and small gray eyes that twinkled and snapped as she spoke she began by nodding a familiar how do you do to the general and saying in a voice which squeaked like the high notes of an e-flat clarinet with a soft reed i believe you command all these yer ankies that are comin down here and cavortin around over this whole section of country the general bowed an assent and she continued i'm powerful glad general lee has been lickin you all from the rapidan clan down here and that now he's got you jazz why he wants you then she drew up a camp chair alongside the general seated herself on it and finding that her remarks seemed to be received good-naturedly grew still more familiar and went on to say yes and afore long lee'll be a-chasin you all up through pennsylvania again was you up there in pennsylvania when he got after you all last summer 
the general had great difficulty in keeping his face straight as he replied well no i wasn't there myself i had some business in another direction he did not explain to her that vicksburg was at that time commanding something of his attention said she i notice our boys got away with lots of em conestata horses up there and they brought lots of em back with em we got a pretty good show of em round this section of country and they're just the best draft horses you ever see hope the boys will get up there again soon and bring back some more of em the general kept on smoking his cigar and was greatly amused by the conversation after a little while the woman went back to her house but returned later and said see here i'm all alone in my house and i'm kinder skeered i expect them yankee soldiers of yourn'll steal everything i have and murder me afore morning if you don't give me some protection oh replied the general we will see that you are not hurt and turning to lieutenant dunn of the staff he said dunn you had better go and stay in the old lady's house to-night you can probably make yourself more comfortable there than in camp anyhow and i don't want her to be frightened dunn followed the old woman rather reluctantly to her house and played guardian angel to her till the next morning general grant had now presented to him for solution a very formidable military problem lee's position from the strength and location of his entrenchments and the defensive character of the country was impregnable or at least it could not be carried by assault without involving great loss of life the general had therefore decided to withdraw and make another movement by the left flank in the hope of so manoeuvring as to afford another opportunity of getting a chance to strike lee outside his earthworks however a withdrawal in the face of a vigilant foe and the crossing of a difficult river within sight of the enemy constitute one of the most hazardous movements in warfare there was the possibility also that lee might mass his artillery on his left flank and try to hold it by this means and with the minimum of his infantry and with the bulk of his army move out on his right in an attempt to crush hancock's corps this is exactly what grant himself would have done under similar circumstances but he had by this time become familiar with lee's methods and had very little apprehension that he would take the offensive nevertheless hancock was ordered to take every precaution against a possible assault the withdrawal of the army was conducted with consummate skill and furnishes an instructive lesson in warfare in the first place the enemy had to be deceived and thrown off his guard to make the movement at all safe for this purpose wilson's division of cavalry was transferred to the right of the army on may twenty five and ordered to cross the north anna and proceed to little river on lee's extreme left and make a vigorous demonstration to convey the impression that there was a movement of the army in that direction with a view to turning lee's left this was done so effectually that lee telegraphed to richmond the next morning from present indications the enemy seems to contemplate a movement on our left flank during the night of the twenty fifth the trains and all of the artillery which was in position on our right wing were quietly moved to the north bank of the river russell's division of the sixth corps was also withdrawn and moved in the rear of burnside and at daylight the next morning halted in a place where its movements could not be seen by the enemy during the day its position in front of the enemy had been skilfully filled with men from other parts of the command and its absence was not discovered early in the morning of may twenty sixth instructions were issued for the withdrawal of the entire army that night 
after these orders had been dispatched the general seated himself in front of his tent for a quiet smoke in a few minutes the old woman who had had the familiar chat with him the evening before rushed over to his tent in a high state of excitement swinging her arms like the fans of a windmill and screaming at the top of her shrill voice she cried out see here these yankees of yourn got into my barn last night and stole the only horse i had and i want you to send some of your folks out to find em and bring em back the general listened to her story and when she had finished remarked quietly madam perhaps it is one of those conestoga horses you spoke of that belong up in pennsylvania and some of our men have made up their minds to take him back home the old lady at this remark was rather crestfallen and said with a grin well i reckon you got me on that but you yankees had no business down here anyhow and i think you might get me back that hoss the general replied i'm very sorry indeed that this has occurred and if the army were in camp i would send you around with a guard to see whether the horse could be recognized by you and recovered but the troops are moving constantly and it would be utterly impossible to find the animal she finally went off shaking her fist and muttering i'm sartin of one thing anyhow general lee just dust you all off this place afore you can say scat the operations of the last two days had made the duties of staff officers particularly arduous and a great many of us were feeling the effects of the last week's hard work and exposure the loss of sleep and the breathing of a malarious atmosphere in connection with the renewal of the work of destroying the railroad i was sent across the river again on the twenty sixth and on returning that afternoon to headquarters found myself suffering severely from fever and sick headache about dark general grant wished me to make another trip to the extreme right to assist in the work of withdrawing the troops as i was particularly familiar with that part of the lines sickness is no excuse in the field so i started across the river again without making my condition known to the general to make matters worse a thunderstorm came up accompanied by vivid lightning and between the flashes the darkness was so impenetrable that it was slow work finding the roads babcock seeing my condition volunteered to accompany me so that if i gave out the orders i was carrying might still reach their destination we remained in the saddle the greater part of the night on my return to headquarters a surgeon supplied me liberally with round shot in the form of quinine pills which were used so effectively that my fever was soon forced to beat a retreat as soon as it was dark the other divisions of wright's corps had begun the recrossing of the river this corps followed the route which had been taken by russell's division while warren took a road a little farther to the north burnside and hancock next withdrew and so cautiously that their movements entirely escaped detection by the enemy all the corps left strong guards in their fronts which were withdrawn at the last moment the pontoon bridges were taken up after crossing the river and cavalry was sent to the several fords to hold them after they had been abandoned by the infantry and to destroy any facilities for crossing which had been neglected the withdrawal from the north anna had now been successfully accomplished End of chapter nine